All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Local Business Podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving, here with you for another episode of the show. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for sticking it out with us. Uh, we did take the month of December off from recording podcasts. Well, we recorded podcasts. We just didn't put any out. We're kind of getting recalibrated, got a little bit busy with our other shows, and we're back here with you for a great episode with Charlie Lawrence all about Facebook ads. I think ads in general for local businesses are very, very important in 2021. We need to find a way to be able to create ads that attract the right customers on the correct platforms. And Facebook and Instagram, even though there's a lot of news about them, I still think they're huge platforms for us to use and leverage to get customers in our local market. So I asked Charlie, who was a speaker at Social Media Marketing World with me, to come on and share his advice about Facebook advertising. Two things. We have a mastermind group specifically for local business marketing. If you're interested in that, uh, thebruceirving.com forward slash mastermind. If you want to sign up and join, it's a couple monthly calls with me on other entrepreneurs in the group. We have a private Facebook group. It's all things local business marketing, Instagram, Facebook, content creation, email, anything that has to do with local business marketing, we're talking about inside of the mastermind group. Again, thebruceirving.com forward slash mastermind if you're listening to this podcast and you want to join that. Other than that, we're going to be having some great episodes for you this year. We already have some in the can ready to get scheduled out. I'm going to be doing some solo shows too because I get a lot of questions about content creation or Instagram content or advertising on Facebook. And I have access to data from the clients that we work with and from our own social platforms that I think can help you with those basic questions. So in the future, this podcast is going to be interviews and solo tutorial shows giving you the best advice on what you should be doing if you are a local business marketer or owner to help your clients or to get more customers for your own business in your local market. Exactly what I think you should do all here on the podcast. So if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button right now. And if you have a question, head over to thebruceirving.com. That's where we keep all of our past episodes, whether that's the YouTube videos or the podcast links like you're listening to right now and the show notes with links to all the speakers and guests from previous podcasts over at smart, uh, sorry, not smartpizzamarketing.com. That's if you're in the restaurant business. Thebruceirving.com is where we keep all the show notes for this here local business podcast. But let's get into today's episode with Charlie Lawrence. It's a good one. You may want to have some paper and a pen handy because we talk a lot about things that you should write down so you can go implement later in your business. But let's get into it. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Charlie Lawrence, founder and CEO of Facebook advertising agency Gecko Squared is joining me on the podcast. We're going to talk all about Facebook ads. I'm excited for this one. Charlie, I appreciate you. I know you're across the pond from me, but I appreciate you taking the time and joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast in the first place. Yeah, I heard you speak on Social Media Examiner about Facebook advertising. And I said, you know what, I'm going to get Charlie on the podcast because I think what he talks about can very much help local business owners who our audience is. And I think Instagram and Facebook ads are a great place for them to be spending money. But I feel like a lot of them don't know where to start or maybe they get a little overwhelmed. So we'll get into that. But before we get into that, uh, give us a little background about what you do and how and where you do it. Okay, so I'll cut a long story short. Um, I've been uh, buying media now for over 10 years. 
I started my first business when I was 18. I'm now 28. Um, so have obviously a lot more experience with 10 years under my belt buying media. I've been running the agency Gecko Squared for about six years now. And basically, you know, we work with small to medium sized businesses, um, or, you know, in the US and also in the UK to basically grow their businesses through Facebook and Instagram advertising ad campaigns, you know, an actual structured funnel approach that we'll probably dive into a little bit um, during the podcast as well, because it really also relates to local businesses. And yeah, we're now a team of uh, we're a team of eight of us. We're distributed, so we don't have like a centralized office. Um, and that's what we do. And we're, yeah, we're really good at it. And we have loads of great clients we work with. I love it. I think that we need to get into that funnel thing because I hear funnel a lot. And I know a lot of local mm-hmm. business owners and business owners hear funnel. I don't know if they understand exactly what that yeah. means. They think Facebook advertising is putting a post on Facebook, hitting that boost button and throwing 25 oh, or 50 bucks at it. Oh no. Yeah. It's so, it's so much more than that basically. And you could be do you can be utilizing. So be useful, utilizing the full power of the ad platform so much better than just boosting posts. It's one of the most common mistakes we see a lot of advertisers make. Is it as complicated as it seems from the outside looking in? Um, on first glance, it can be, but really it comes down to knowing audience temperatures and then knowing what type of campaigns to run to those different audience temperatures. And when, when, you know, we've broken it down into different types of ad campaigns and they target different temperatures of audience with different levels of intent. And, you know, we like to simplify everything. We like to keep it really simple. And it is when you look at it from that perspective. And if you understand that, but obviously if you're just looking in and you have no idea and you just see rows and rows of data and you know a million different audiences you create and you know 15 campaign objectives and you have no idea um, where to start it can be really daunting especially as you know facebook's always adding in new features to satisfy a wider breadth of advertisers from small businesses all the way to much larger organizations spending millions and millions of dollars a year in advertising on the platform and even like, I feel like Facebook is always kind of changing the way it works, like logistically, yes. like even the yep. way that the ads manager looks and how you run mm-hmm. an ad and where everything is located. If you haven't been in there for a while, you're going to get lost pretty quick. Yeah, they're always, this is one of the most frustrating things about Facebook as an ad platform is that they're always changing where things are or introducing a new way to do something that you've you know, just about figured out how to do it. And then they'll go, oh, here's a third way you can create a lookalike audience. And it's just, yeah, it, it can get a little bit ridiculous sometimes. But, um, you know, we're, we're here as an agency to like simplify everything for our, for our clients when it comes to understanding it. And obviously in all of the content we create and podcasts I go on and things like that, it's I'm here to make everyone's life easier, basically. I always, yeah, I always tell people like, listen to podcasts because even if you think you know, you know something, it's, Mm -hmm. you're pretty well off that three months from now, you won't know it anymore. Yeah. So it's yeah, so yeah, it's so crazy the way it changes so quickly. So if so, where should somebody like give us start at the beginning? Like where should somebody start? They want to sell a product. They yep. they have think of, keep in mind that it's probably like within a local region. Where should they start yep. when it comes to Facebook advertising? Okay, so it all starts with your strategy. And if anyone's ever listened to me on other podcasts or in social media marketing world or anywhere, any type of content you consume that I produce it, I cannot 
just emphasize this enough because you'll see it in loads of other pieces of content. Strategy is the starting point for successful Facebook advertising. And what I mean by, because, you know, strategy gets kind of thrown around as like a real loose marketing term. And essentially how we view strategy is it's creating a plan of action. So the types of campaigns that you should implement based on the marketing assets that you already have at your disposal in your business. So this is where it kind of feeds into the Facebook ad funnel that we developed. And it's this idea of assessing your marketing assets. So in that case, things like website traffic, you know, how many people visited your website in the last 30 days or in the last six months. And then that, you know, those audiences become a campaign type that you can run. You, you serve ads to what we call level two website remarketing, and then they deliver the best results because it's lowest down the funnel and they're your hottest audience temperature. And then you kind of work backwards from there. And then you, go along the lines of, okay, do you have other engaged audiences? So you, are you posting organically on Facebook and Instagram? And you can build a page engagement custom audience and then run another campaign that we called level two, uh, level one remarketing, sorry, to those audiences to drive website traffic. And then finally, we have awareness-based content at the top of the funnel, and that is to start warming up cold audiences. And there's one kind of additional component to this which is called cold purchase or lead test campaigns and that's taking some type of offer or incentive running ads to your website but to cold audiences things like lookalike audiences and interest-based audiences and so from a strategy perspective you always want to look at what's going to deliver the best results in the shortest amount of time to really start generating returns for your business that you can then reinvest into your advertising scale up your ad spend from there and what's actually working. So what I hear you saying is there's a couple different audiences that you have. People who yes. visit your website, people mm -hmm. who have engaged with any type of content that you have, and then people who yep. don't know who you are. Yes, so that's basically, if you look at it um, bottom upwards, so that's hot, warm, and cold. Or if you look at it from the top of the funnel, that's cold audiences, that's warm audiences, and then hot audiences at the bottom of your funnel, your website visitors. And you creating, con or you suggest people create content specifically for each one of these audiences so it's so when we talk about content what we really mean is like ad creative so that's the images and videos that you put into your ads and so from a you know top of funnel awareness stage of people that don't know you it's really all about educating or entertaining your audiences to start building that brand recognition in the newsfeed. but really where you drive a lot of the actual kind of tangible more tangible monetary returns for your business comes from the cold purchase test campaigns where you're positioning some type of offer in order to get people through the door as such um, and then also your level one engagement remarketing campaigns and your website remarketing campaigns as well so the type of content when you're positioning some type of offer is usually directly related to you know the product or the service you're selling because it's those lower down the funnel uh, campaigns where you're actually selling your products or services, whereas top of the funnel is more about brand building and having a positive impact in someone's newsfeed in terms of educating and entertaining them. Is that harder to establish? Um, I mean, so what happened is, so we developed this um, framework, you know, four or five years ago now, and it's changed over time. It's continuously changing. So yeah. previously we were all about, 
you know, go massive on brand building awareness to really nurture cold audiences. And then they'll move through your funnel as they interact with your business on Facebook. But more recently, I'd say the last nine months. Um, so most of this year, you can for your the best bang for your buck comes from website remarketing, um, and then engagement remarketing, and then cold purchase tests as you're directly selling. And the reason why cold purchase tests work so well is because in any cold audience, in any cold audience, there's going to be what's known as a hyper responsive segment. So those are people that when they see your ads, they're already problem aware, and you're making them solution aware, and they're ready to buy there and then. And that is what generates immediate returns for businesses that advertise on Facebook, targeting cold audiences with offer-based ads. But you can't just rely on them. You need the other stages that nurture people through that engagement with your business, both on Facebook and on your website. Interesting. No, I, I hear a lot about, you know, in your, you're right. Like in the last five years, you've heard a lot about like brand awareness and mm-hmm. making people aware of your business and creating content that uh, educates or informs yeah. or entertains yeah. people. Um, is that still what you should do or is that old thinking? I mean, you should still do that, but from a, you know, there's this, there's a short term and a long term goal to Facebook advertising. Short term, if we're, you know, all completely transparent, you want to be making more money than you're investing in that ad platform. <laughs> right. Otherwise, it's not going to work for you. Right. Uh, so short term is all about kind of cash generation, sales generation, or lead generation, depending on your type of business. Whereas this longer term metric, when you advertise for years and years, like we've done with some of our longer uh, longer term clients, that you you have the additional brand impact even by running kind of cold purchase test campaigns and smaller um, budget kind of top of funnel cold audience campaigns as well because you're reaching people in that fee in your feed consistently. So it's, we're all about bang for buck here um, in terms of awareness is great. However, it shouldn't be your sole focus. And if you only have a limited budget, um, you might not want to do it all, you know, straight away. Basically, there may be other marketing assets like website remarketing, like engagement remarketing, or cold purchase or lead tests that will deliver faster results um, and better results in a shorter period of time. Yeah, I think it's too like you said earlier about like your ad creative because there are mm. ads in my newsfeed for Instagram and Facebook that I am well aware of who that person is, and I've only yeah. seen ads from them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. So it's really you know, good that you mentioned ad creative because that's one of the components of an ad that is becoming more and more important at separating, you know, good advertisers from incredible advertisers. We're seeing this with a lot of our agency clients where we're asking them to put a lot more emphasis on creating good ad creative because that's the thing that stops someone in their newsfeed. That's the pattern interrupt that's going to get them to pay attention to your ad. So you need you know, we're advising massively creating really good creative as one of the key components to successful advertising on the platform. And so much so that we've, you know, we've in-housed that service at the agency and we provide that to agency clients because it became such a fundamental and such a big driver of how successful your ads are that we didn't just want the client to have that level of control. And that's not, that's not a variable we could influence but it had a big impact on results. And so we've in-housed it and now provide it as a service through our 
design team. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because my uh, my wife's in the real estate industry, and you know, five or six years ago, when you're doing real estate advertising on Facebook, it was so much easier. You could literally just throw a picture yeah. of a house, uh, some yeah. information about it, and get some leads to a website. But now you're right, like that's white noise to people now. You need to have yeah. some sort of meat on that in that ad in order for them to even get it noticed. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you'll know immediately you know, within the first couple of days of running ads, whether you have good ad to audience fit, because it will be determined by your click-through rate. Um, and if you've got a terrible click-through rate, anything below really, if you're, it, it varies based on audience temperature, because obviously the hotter the audience, the more recognition you, you know, they have of your business. And so the higher your click-through rate, but if we're, you know, if you're looking at cold audiences and you're running a conversion objective, um, optimizing for, something that's valuable to the business. So with local businesses, we often advise going after list building. Yeah. Particularly if you're then going to drive footfall into your store, for example, you can incentivize with some type of coupon or voucher or something that's going to get people to give you their email address, name and email, and then you can deliver it through email and they can walk it into the store basically to redeem it depending on obviously, you know, what you sell and, and, what you promote basically. Um, so with cold audiences, click through rates, you're looking anywhere between like one and 2%. Um, and then warm audiences is anything between like two and 3%. And then if you're going for hot audiences, website traffic, it's anything from 3% upwards and really dialed in click through rates on Facebook is, you know, higher than 4%, um, is just ridiculously good. That's uh, if they have good creative though, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. That's if you have good creative, because if you don't have good creative, you'll be below, uh, you'll be below 1% basically, wow. um, or even below 0.5%, if I'm honest. I believe it because I feel like, you know, even with Instagram posts, you see some of these, uh, they'll reach, people will reach out to me and be like, Bruce, my Instagram account's not performing well. And I go, look, I'm like, well, do you have your eyes open when you post these pitches <laughs> to Instagram? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, no wonder why your Instagram account's not doing well. I feel like that's probably the hardest part for you would be to help with the creative, right? Because local yeah. business owners don't have the time or bandwidth mm -hmm. to really come up with a really good creative ad. And I don't know if they yeah. could, even if they did have the time. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's knowing what works on Facebook and Instagram at the moment because creative has changed massively even in the last kind of two months since Facebook removed the 20% text and image rule. And so we've been test we've been testing much larger text in single image ads, for example, or in carousel ads and having what we call a seamless carousel or a carousel narrative where you have a piece of text in each card. And as someone scrolls, you know, it kind of asks them a question or it presents a problem to them or the solution in the form of the business. So we're getting really creative with ideas around that because there's no longer this text limitation. And what we're finding is a significant amount of like a, you know, big, bold text in images is actually working, even though Facebook continues to say, oh, don't put too much text in your image because, um, you know, it doesn't get as good a click-through rate. Well, at the moment, that's not entirely true based on our testing huh, across different clients. That's interesting. That's why you have to kind of test on your own, right? I, yeah. People always say too, Bruce, like the Facebook or Instagram suggests like this post is doing 80% better mm. than your other post. Should I promote mm. it? Like, what do you say to that? So it really depends on, it depends on um, how they like 
define that basically how do they define the improvement um because it's what they're benchmarking it against and you know facebook suggestions sometimes are really solid but we always like to do our own analysis and that's what i'd probably suggest if you're you know look at for example we know that if you take an organic creative that's done really well and put it into advertising guess what it does really well as well so <laughs> you know you want to look at your con your organic content that has the highest engagement rates um whether that's likes comments shares and then take either the whole uh the whole organic post and turn it into an ad using the post id method or you can take you know the creative component and test that as a variable or the ad copy for example and test that uh, or the copy for example and test that as ad copy so it's it's basically you don't want to just solely rely on everything facebook tells you you want to put in the work in terms of doing your own analysis um and testing yeah so it's almost like you want to do what facebook does not what they say yes because they're Basically. like the whole talking too much and not really doing yep. that much mm -hmm. yeah definitely do, what kind of is it you know back in the last i don't know for a while you've heard a lot of people say video 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 is video yep. still the best way to run ads okay so that's a really good question because it all we found it all depends on the client and obviously and when we mean the client i mean the business and what they're actually selling right so because if you have a product or a service that has some complexity to it video is amazing at being able to simplify a concept or a topic or a product for example and explain it really clearly to your potential target audiences and so it can work extremely well from that perspective however we found with some clients where their products are really easy to understand you know we're talking let's say like a gift box with candles in it everybody knows what candles are everyone knows how they work and so what we found with them for example single images are working way better than video because you don't need you know you don't need to go into huge detail about explaining how candles work um, from an educational perspective people like to see the actual product itself and so we found single image to work really well, whereas, you know, medical clients or any any financial based clients as well, where there is complexity to it, videos working really, really well for them. I love that because I think there's a lot of local business owners who are afraid of video and mm. maybe they don't run ads because they don't want to do video. So I'm glad you clarified the fact yeah. that if your business is simple to understand and very straightforward, mm -hmm. you probably can get away with just using images versus having to create video. Because video is, yes, it's good and it builds the no like and trust factor, but it's not easy to produce a good video. Yes, definitely. And particularly now where it is getting more competitive and people are now slowly putting more time and attention into their creative because it is such a core component of success that you know in a year if we had this conversation a year's time they're like the bar is going to be raised again with you know all of the you know the bigger spenders on the platform and everyone just becoming more aware of just how important creative is and so the bar as the bar right as the bar keeps on increasing the barrier to entry also increases now do you suggest are lookalike audiences good for local businesses? Like if I'm a local business and I only have an mm -hmm. audience that 
you know, my customer base comes from maybe 10 or 15 miles around my business. Should I still use lookalike audiences? So yes, however, it depends on the source audience you build them from. Because if you're taking a, let's say you're taking a customer list and you're building a customer file, custom audience, and all of those people have addresses that are very, you know, that are within that kind of 10, 15 mile radius of where you are because they're all local customers to you because you're a local business, then what Facebook will do will find more people that are similar to those and they'll use location as one of the identifiers to know, oh, actually, loads of people in this area buy this product and they're in this customer list. So we're going to find more people in that area. So you don't necessarily have to geographically constrain your ad campaigns. However, if it's more of a mix or you're using a different source audience, so something like website traffic, yep. then you do want to geographically constrain them. And again, depending on, it all depends on population size as well. Because if you have, you know, if there's, 400,000 people or 200,000 people like smaller audiences that are really local to you. And that's all you serve in terms of who you can sell to, for example, then you can go broader and then let the algorithm optimize to find the most relevant people within a broader open audience as such. Whereas if you have, you know, two, three, four, five, 10 million people really close to you, if you're in one of the a really big city, like London or like New York, for example, then you can geographically constrain it, you know, so it's tighter, basically. Gotcha. And yeah, so because a lot of people ask us about that, because you hear, uh, there's a lot of talk about Facebook ads and lookalike audiences when you listen mm -hmm. to other podcasts, but they're not very yeah. specific for local businesses. Like if you serve all of the United States, then yeah, lookalike audience may serve you well, but not if you yeah. are in just Boston. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, again, it all just comes back to that idea of constraining your geographic geographically constraining your audiences to see what the suggested size is. And then obviously I say, obviously it's not r really obvious unless you're kind of deep into Facebook advertising, but your budget dictates your audience reach. And therefore, if you have a smaller budget, you don't want to serve your ads to an audience of like five, 10 million people, five to 10 million people, because um, it's going to take too long to optimize to find the best people within that audience, and you're not going to get out of learning fast enough. Right. How long does it take to optimize? Like, to to you really know that Facebook knows your audience well? So, because we do a lot of, we basically run all of our campaigns for clients on the conversion objective. So we're optimizing for some event action that we can put the pixel on and track, and then Facebook can find people that are likely to take that action having used that sample basically as we gather more data. So for that, it's 50 conversions in a week. So let's say, you know, you're a local business and you have an amazing offer on, let's just say, yeah, let's do, let's take this as an example because I'm in the market for this. So we're looking to get new bathrooms in our house, right? Okay. So let's say there was a local bath store um, near us. And if they said, they ran an ad campaign for email opt-ins of like two different things. So, you know, 10 bathroom trends you need to know about before you create your next bathroom. I'll be like, oh, okay, that's interesting because I don't know what style we want just yet. Right. So you could then that could be a gated opt-in. So someone could opt-in for that. And when you run a campaign, you would optimize for people signing up for that lead magnet 
And then you need 50 of those within a week in order for machine learning to kick in to really help reduce your cost per opt-in. So you could go down, that's more kind of entertaining, a little bit of or educational and entertaining content from that perspective. However, they could also run just a straight 25% off your bathroom if you book before the end of December and then have that as an opt-in. And again, you would need 50 conversions or 50 opt-ins within seven days in order for machine learning to kick in and help to really reduce your cost per opt-in as they start gathering more data. Okay, got it. So you gave us two good examples there. One's more of a, a, a something to get for free and one's more yeah. of a incentive base that you're going to yeah. purchase. Yes. And I mean, those were just literally off the top of my head. So obviously, <laughs> if we job. had more, if we had more time, I could uh, obviously go into more detail on them. But yeah, you get hopefully listeners get the idea. Yeah, not too bad for right off the top of your head, I have to say. Thank you. <laughs> now, our Instagram ads, is that something that you do as well? Yeah, because Facebook owns Instagram, it's purely a placement option. So it's literally just a single tick, a tick. Oh my God, I can't speak today. A single tick box. Um, or if you use automatic placements when using the conversion objective, which is what we recommend and what Facebook recommends as well. They, it's part of what they call the power five. And then it's, yeah, your ads automatically get served to Instagram. Whether you have an Instagram account or not, it can use your Facebook page identity to look like you have an Instagram and serve ads in people's feed or in the explore tab. Interesting. Now I know a few years back, Instagram ads were good, but they weren't mm -hmm. that good or as good as Facebook. Is that, is that changing? Are they getting better with the targeting? Uh, yeah, they are just as good as Facebook ads. And if I'm honest, for some businesses, they're even better because of the type of consumer and the behavior that happens on Instagram versus Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, Gone. Yeah, because I know uh, Instagram just recently changed the layout too to like really emphasize shopping on there. Oh, wasn't that the worst where they <laughs> moved terrible. notifications to like top right of your screen? And now if you've got either small hands or a really big phone, you can't reach the top notifications tab with one hand. It's so if you've got like an iPhone 12 Pro Max that's massive. Uh, it, I just want them to move it back if I'm honest because... At the moment, shopping is such a new feature on Instagram in terms of direct shopping. Um, and they're even rolling out like purchasing within the Instagram app where you have your like credit or debit card linked to your Instagram account. And then you can buy within the app the full immersive experience and not redirecting to, uh, to a business's site. So, yeah, I'm not liking it at the moment because... <laughs> it's yeah it's a bit intrusive i feel like they're pushing shopping on us i agree whereas feed ads are fine because you can just scroll past them but shopping's a whole nother beast do you think that's going to become the trend do you think people are going to purchase a lot more off of instagram now yes yeah yeah i think instagram's going that way um they're going to roll it out on instagram first and then they'll roll it out on facebook as well and then i think eventually we're going to get to this point where every th this probably not next year well, maybe even the year after, if I'm honest, we're going to get to this point where everything's self-contained within Facebook and Instagram, like a walled garden in terms of purchasing, because then Facebook doesn't rely on, doesn't encounter, you know, Safari tracking issues that they're having at the moment. Um, and, you know, privacy issues around third party cookies and, you know, all of the privacy rules that have come in that reduce 
tracking abilities for advertising. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's a dra- the, the, the layout feed on Instagram was a pretty drastic change. Like, they've changed a lot over the last year, but that was yeah. a big one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. It totally I mean, changed the, other- the user experience on Instagram. Yeah, it did. And I mean, the other thing we're seeing from a tracking perspective when it comes to Facebook and Instagram advertising is that Facebook themselves are pushing the conversions API um, a lot more, which is kind of server-side website tracking, which avoids any browser-based tracking where there are limitations at the moment with um, you know, what browsers track. So if you've got the latest you know, we're on Mac here. So if you um, have got the latest operating system, Safari will tell you how many trackers it's blocked in the last like seven days. And it's ridiculous. The list is insane. Wow. Um, that I have at least. Uh, and it, and I can see when we visit clients' websites, I can see if I'm on desktop on Safari, I can see that their pixels have been blocked by Safari. So we're not, I wouldn't be picked up in remarketing um, unless I engaged through the Facebook app in a like iframe browser that comes up. Um, so yeah, it's, they're moving to API tracking to avoid that. And we're rolling that out with a lot of our clients to kind of get early testing on it because the results, the attribution has been much higher. I think that's a good opportunity to don't you for local businesses. If you sell products like that to really maximize yeah. the, the reach that Facebook and Instagram is, is trying to give you with shopping right on the app. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. If it works for your business, you always want to try and be an early adopter of things because it's always the cheapest or you get the most out of it early on. And then as it becomes more mass appeal, do they then kind of move everything back? It's the same thing, you know, early days of Facebook organic reach. It was great. Instagram organic reach was great. And more recently, LinkedIn organic reach is great. But over time, you know, Facebook organic reach is basically non-existent now. Instagram has taken a huge hit these last 12 months. And then even now on LinkedIn, things have started to um, take a hit organically in the last couple of months. Yeah, you know what? You're right about that. Early adaption is key. Like that's why TikTok is so popular right now because people are going oh, yeah. like, you know, this girl that my kids follow, Char- I don't know if they follow her actually, but she's pretty well known. Charlie DeMello, I think her name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She got 100 million followers in it's- a year. That's insane. Yeah, so that I mean, is just ridiculous. You're right. Crazy. Take advantage. Like if, if I always say, like if Instagram or Facebook comes out with a new feature, try to use it if you mm-hmm. can in your business because they're going to give you a big push if you do. Yeah, it's like um, Reels that yeah. Instagram obviously just copied from TikTok. Right. Uh, you know, start using Reels because they're going to be pushing that massively in an organic way into people's feeds and into the Explore tab as well. Um, so yeah, TikTok, TikTok advertising is a whole nother ball game that we could spend a whole nother podcast talking about. Do you do TikTok um, advertising? So we're exploring it at the moment because it's so early. There's like no best practices. You know, we've got access to the TikTok ad platform and the main, even more so than Facebook and Instagram, the winner for advertising on TikTok is going to be creating ad content. So the ads themselves that look like native tiktoks and don't look like ads yeah that's that's it if you figure it out message me we'll do another podcast about that yes yeah yeah yeah. i would be interested in that for sure because that's so new 100 percent. sounds good where charlie where should they go check you out i have charlielawrence.com as your website do you have another Mm -hmm. website you'd like to send people to yeah we do so probably primary website would be gecko squared.co.uk so that's the agency site um there's a link to charlielawrence.com which is the blog um as well and then the only other place 
really where there's 2021 is going to be this is going to be really big for us we're putting loads of effort into it so it's the youtube channel okay um so yeah my youtube channel is just charlie lawrence uh and then this is the thing i always have to tell people how to spell lawrence because it's such a weird spelling it's l-a-w-r-a-n-c-e um so yeah it's charlie lawrence on youtube and you you'll see if you want a bit of a nostalgic hit on what life was like before covid and you know the terrible state the world is in right now there's all of my content from social media marketing world 2020 on there um all of the vlogs and there's my actual lie uh, it was live at the time but the presentation i did as well it's all free on youtube excellent i'm gonna go check that out and i'll link all that up in the show notes as well his website uh, Gecko Squared website and Charlie's YouTube channel for you if you're listening to this podcast and you're doing something else. We'll link all that up in the show notes. Awesome. Sounds Charlie, good. thank you. It was very informative. Very good talk. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It was a great talk. Thank you very much for having me. Cool. Thanks, Charlie, for joining me on the podcast. Go check out Charlie. You can go over to thebruceirving.com. We'll have links to his website and social if you want to get a hold of him and see if he can help you in your business. Head over there. If you want to join our mastermind group, which I highly suggest you do, it's really good if you're a business owner or marketer to be around other people and have conversations, especially in the world we're living in right now in 2021 in their early stages, to be able to network with people and ask questions and get advice. The mastermind groups in my network that I've built doing these podcasts in the groups that we have has been one of the most valuable things that I've ever done for my business or businesses. So if you haven't yet, thebruceirving.com forward slash mastermind. Join today, hang out with us, get your questions answered, help other business owners, and really be held accountable for growing and doing the things that maybe you know you need to do, but you need a little push in order to do them. Also, if you want a question, if you have a question, hit me up on Instagram. I am at thebruceirving and subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review if you could. That would be amazing. You don't have to, but it would be really nice of you if you left me a review on iTunes. It would really help the podcast out. And I look forward to having some great episodes in 2021 for you to listen to. And I love hearing from you guys. So if you have a question, hit me up on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. Let me know which episode you're listening to or listened to and which one you enjoyed. And let me know which ones you want to hear more of. I would love to hear that feedback from you. Guys, girls, thank you so much. Have a great day. and We'll see you right back here next week.